Childproofing people's homes is hard, but Duracell is making it just a bit simpler. Not only are they committed to educating parents, caregivers, and medical professionals about the importance of battery safety, they also make the only lithium coin batteries with a non-toxic bitter coating to help discourage children from swallowing them. Duracell even features child-secure packaging designed to avoid accidental opening. Learn more at Duracell.com slash power safely, available on 2032, 2025, and 2016 sizes. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Simplify your life with AT&T in-car Wi-Fi. Stay connected anywhere and transform your vehicle into a dependable Wi-Fi hotspot. Navigate easily by powering apps like real-time GPS and voice assistant. Keep everyone entertained with Wi-Fi for up to 10 devices. Even on the practice field, AT&T in-car Wi-Fi keeps you connected while in proximity of your vehicle. Work, stream shows, or finish homework without missing a beat. Discover the convenience and see if you're eligible for a free trial at att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi. Don't let connectivity roadblock your journey. Always pay careful attention to the road. Don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. I love CVS. It could be my favorite store. Let me tell you why. It's hard to get a new look with old makeup. Did you know that beauty products have best buy dates? Take a look and toss them out. When you spring an hour forward this week, be sure to take the time to replace batteries and smoke detectors. Toss out old vitamins, allergy relief, OTC products, makeup, and anything else that might be outdated. CVS can help with this. This week, they're offering 20% off CVS pickup orders, so it's a great time to order replacements. It's all part of the CVS Spring Fling. Fling out the old, save on the new. Get 20% off when you buy online and pick up in store using CVS Pickup. Use the promo code SPRING20 to save big during the CVS Spring Fling. Visit cvs.com slash spring fling for details. This is the Ben and Ashley I Almost Famous Podcast with iHeartRadio. Another Almost Famous Podcast uh, this week. We're pumped to be talking to you today. It's me again. Yeah, Ben. Uh, And today is a boys episode. Ashley had her time with the girls. Now I'm going to have my time with the boys. Today on the podcast, we have some special guests. Ari Leyendijk, who was The Bachelor, and Jason Mesnick, who was a bachelor, and then myself, who was a bachelor at one point. Uh, We're here today to talk about what it's like uh, to fall in love, to switch maybe our interest at times, and ultimately to find the one uh, that was always meant for us. Our first guest is a guy who knows what it's like 
to do the switch, but also to find love in the end and a love that is everlasting and a love that is beautiful. In fact, before we brought him on the podcast, he was actually holding his new beautiful daughter uh, and had to pass it off to his wonderful wife uh, before he started talking. Ari Leindyke, welcome to the Almost Famous Podcast. What's up? How are you, buddy? I'm good, man. Hey, first off, let's talk about your life. Uh, Before we get into the mess uh, that was Peter's season, especially the conclusion, uh, you are a dad. You are a husband. Wow, how quickly uh, worlds flip and things happen. How are you holding up? Things are good, you know. Uh, luckily, it's really nice weather here in Arizona. So we've been, you know, going on walks and going on bike rides, but kind of avoiding big crowds. And but yeah, it's been good, you know. I think that it's um, obviously stressful for everyone, but uh, we've been taking care of our neighbors. Went to the grocery store for our neighbor who's elderly, and it's just been it's interesting. But you know, it keeps us home. We're watching a lot of TV. And obviously, we watched Peter's season, um, and it was very very entertaining, I'll have to say. Yeah, well, let's dive into it, man. Uh, speaking of entertaining, uh, we, we saw the whole season, uh, mixed reviews throughout the season, right? We came into it with high expectations for Peter. Uh, I had high expectations for him. I know him personally. He is a great dude. Uh, he is really a kind man uh, who was always great to me that allowed me to kind of involve myself uh, when he needed me into his bachelor experience. However, some of his probably, uh, I guess, biggest faults, one would be his, uh, just how nice he is, uh, forced him to not put his foot down maybe as much as he, he should have. All the way leading up to the very end, when he proposed to Hannah Ann, my question for you, Ari, and let's talk about it uh, together, is he sh- should he have ever proposed to Hannah Ann? I think in that moment, you know, you're trying to do what's right for yourself and what you think um, is probably right for the situation. You know, I think there's a lot of pressure that comes with uh, proposal day, obviously coming from somebody who proposed to somebody and then had some second thoughts on it uh, immediately after I can see the pressure of having to propose that day. Um, so I can sort of see where his mindset where it was um, on that level. The only thing I don't agree with was, you know, obviously Madison left and his heart seemed to be really with Madison. So it almost felt like a second choice. Uh, and also to make Madison and to, to, you know, obviously say her name during the proposal was a bit odd to me <laughs> because mm-hmm. you could see his head was still sort of in that space. Um so I guess the short answer is no, he shouldn't have proposed. I guess the more complicated answer is, is that, you know, as we all know, there's a lot of pressure that comes with proposing at the end of uh, this television show. And I think that got to him. Let's sit there for a second. Cause you and I can both relate on this, right? I mean, it's, I didn't uh, propose to the woman that I, I didn't end up choosing. Um, but I did say publicly that I fell in love with two women and then neither relationship worked out for me. And so uh, I can see the turmoil and the confusion on that last day and how hard it is to know that you have two people that you care a lot about and, and that you believe you care a lot about standing in front of you, knowing that somebody is going to go home or in Peter's case, somebody already did go home. Uh, for anybody out there listening, Ari, tell us what it is like to stand up there and how confusing it, it is leading up to those last moments, like just emotionally, just walk us through what it's like even the night before as you start to process 
what you're going to do? I mean, it's really nerve wracking. You know, uh, I can only draw from my experience and, you know, I had this overwhelming feeling that, um, I think from the beginning of the show, a lot of these, uh, decisions that are made almost become more than just your own opinion, but the opinion of people around you. And, you know, you really don't have that many people to lean on because your family only meets the girls for one afternoon. And it's really hard to, you know, side one way or the other and to sort of uh, get help from your family is also really challenging because they really aren't seeing the big picture. Um, I could see that he got a lot of pressure from his family, um, you know, to get engaged to Hannah Ann. They seemed to really favor her, which didn't help uh, going into uh, the last week that, you know, he was facing. And I think the big thing for me is um, I really leaned on the people around me. And at the time, I hate to talk about it because it's already kind of hard to talk about, but Lauren is more the risk. She was more the risk because she had trouble opening up. We didn't really develop as far along as other relationships because she was nervous in front of cameras. And I know how much I cared about her, but I was so scared to take that risk. And I think in the same sort of situation, you saw as soon as Madison left, I feel like his, his focus changed because Hannah Ann was always there for him. She was so mm -hmm. um, she was basically bending over backwards to make sure that he was okay, that his heart was okay, and you know she was a great individual, great woman, and I feel like she was a great choice. But at the end of the day, you really have to think think hard and really understand you know where your emotions are, and I think that's something that I obviously had difficulty with, um, and he did too. But I think that the wrong was to um, ignore those feelings and to just go with what everyone else thought was the best option for him. And um, in, in a small way, I can definitely relate to that. I mean, and we say all of this, and I can just hear the listeners now for both of us, is how can you be critical of Peter when you've been in that position? And, you know, Ari, you and I have, have done, you know, this in different ways, but have similar storylines to how this played out for us. What we're saying is you learn from experience. Like Ari and I both have been there. We, we've, we've experienced those last few hours. We've experienced those last few days. It's not easy. It is confusing. Uh, you get infiltrated with knowledge from different and, and from different emotions and feelings from different levels, from different people. And the one thing you said there, Ari, that I want to sit on for a second is how important the family is in this decision, which is why I think a wise family and, I, and why it probably upset me the most this whole season is never Peter personally didn't upset me. It was how his family handled it is how passionate yeah. they were about being right and that they knew what's best when they had just gotten there. Like that is so unfair yeah. to him, <laughs> which led him to the situation that he's in now after the final uh, finale, which is no press. Nobody's talking about it. He feels probably pretty isolated. I'm sure he's back on fine terms with his family. But how, I mean, did your family, what was their experience like on the show? Because I know for mine, they cared, they wanted to be in the know, but they didn't speak up too strongly because they were aware mm -hmm. that they hadn't been around for like three months this whole thing was going on. Yeah, I think I was definitely looking for some clarity for my family. And, you know, they didn't really give me that clarity because I felt like they felt both women in the end were, you know, great, great women and they were great choices for me. But so they really, 
you know, led it up to me and they didn't sway me one way or the other. I couldn't imagine being, you know, in love with someone and then my family saying that that person's not right for me, you know, because mm-hmm. that would almost push me more towards them for some reason. I don't know why, but yeah, I could, Peter's family, uh, it was frustrating to watch too, because you wanted them you were just kind of sitting on your couch going like, just support him, just like lift him up, you know? And I felt like they were helping tear him down and it just was so hard to watch because, Mm -hmm. you know, at the end of the day, your family is all you've got. And it's just so hard that he didn't get that support. And I really did feel for him. And and I don't know if you know much about how this looks kind of after uh, the fact, but obviously at this point, Peter doesn't feel like he has the support as viewers were watching it going, it doesn't feel like he has the support from his family. Mm-hmm. You've been in a situation of, of extreme di- difficulty where it feels like, I mean, I'm not going to speak for you. You can agree or disagree. It feels like the world from Bachelor Nation is screaming at you. What are you doing? Uh, this is wrong. This is mean. Yeah. Whatever. You probably feel pretty alone. What do you think Peter's feeling like right now since all this has gone down and it was just announced this week that Madison and Peter are no longer together either. So now what is it like to sit in that season of thinking, Oh my gosh, I've made, not made a mistake necessarily, but like the world's out to get me. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. It's tough. You know, I feel like he's recovering pretty well though. He's hanging out with Kylie Jenner. I heard. So I don't know what that is all about. <laughs> and like just the, the, whole, the whole like Madison hanging out with Selena Gomez. I'm like, where are we in this yeah. world where all of a sudden we're hanging out with Selena Gomez and Kylie Jenner like the next day. But, um, you know, obviously he's probably feeling very alone right now and you just got to lean on your friends. And, um, you know, we had that same situation, Lauren and I, but we had each other and we knew that, we were going to last. We knew we were going to get married and have kids. Like that's all we wanted for, for our little family. And, you know, our immediate family supported us and that really felt good. Um, and the decision that I made, you know, I talked with all my friends about it, talked with my family about it and everyone was on board because they knew that I wasn't happy. And they knew that Lauren was the person for me after I talked to them for weeks on end about, you know, feeling conflicted and what should I do? And the world's going to hate me. And they just said, you know what, this is a television show. This is going to be two weeks of your life where people are going to be up in arms, but it's the rest of your life. You got to make that decision for you. Um, And that's sort of where I kind of, you know, cast that judgment aside and said, this is what I'm going to do. And if people aren't okay with it, then they're just going to have to get over it, you know? And I just, for Peter, I just feel for him because it's just the ending that no one wanted. You know, everyone wants to see somebody happy at the end of this. And I think genuinely people really felt bad for Peter where I think that was a little bit opposite of my season. People were just angry at me. Um, I think it helped his case that Hannah Ann didn't become bachelorette because they would have lifted her up more. And I think they would have, you know, played more of the sinister role on his side of things. Um, and so I think they were a little, I think they were pretty easy on him to be honest. Um, but Hey, you know, with the ending that we got and, you know, he's not with Maddie anymore. I'm happy that they weren't harder on him. And I feel like the overall concern or the overall feeling of this ending is a feeling of feeling bad for everyone involved. And Mm -hmm. I think the, the biggest hate that 
anyone received was Barb at the end oh, of yeah. this. <laughs> so maybe maybe that was a tactical decision for Barb to be so over the top so that it would take the heat off of Peter. I don't know. I, I did. I think I saw a tweet. I mean, uh, maybe Ashley or somebody tweeted, like, what if it was genius of Barb to say, oh, my gosh, my son's getting hate. I'm going to throw myself in the grenade and take one for the team. And, I mean, literally, yeah. it is impressive. And I don't know Barb personally at all. I do, like I said, know Peter, and I like Peter. But it is impressive that somebody can literally be on the TV for like a half of episode in total and cause so much hysteria. Like it's it's yeah. insane to me. Uh, Are you mentioned it earlier, and and I don't know how to phrase this question. Um, so if it comes off wrong, just ask for follow up here. Um, but you called Lauren a risk, and they said this during my season a lot when I was kind of coming down to the final decision was as we talked it through. It's like, hey, one, you know what you're getting. Or at least you think you know what you're getting. The other one is a risk because maybe the relationship isn't there yet or maybe the family looks at it a little, uh, like maybe hasn't accepted you in yet or whatever. But both, and we're going to have Jason Mesnick on here in just a little bit. And the reason we're doing this episode is because all of our stories are are similar in some way to Peter's. And we can all relate with the switcheroo or we can relate with the mixed emotions or you know maybe falling in love with multiple people, those kind of things. But for you and Jason... You did the switcheroo, and it worked, and it worked really well for both of you. Why do you think it has worked? And, and I mean, you have marriages and kids now. Like, this doesn't just work, like, where it's like, oh, cool, they have a bachelor relationship. No, you are married with kids, and, and so is Jason. Why, <laughs> why is yeah. the switcheroo a moment of such clarity? And, I mean, maybe you could tell me if I'm wrong. I don't remember a switcheroo necessarily not working. Well, I think because, and that this is just coming from my perspective, you know, obviously there's people that hearts get broken in the process, but, you know, in any breakup, that's the case. And, you know, there's, I think both with Jason and I, there was never the intention of hurting anyone. And I just want people to know that I think Becca is an amazing woman and I'm so happy that she's happy and she had her time on the bachelorette. And I, and I really was it was really nice to see that she got her happy ending. And I'm really, I just want to kind of say that first before I get into this next piece. Um, I think the risk it takes to break off an engagement in front of 8 million people and cast that aside because that relationship, there was something there for you to get engaged. Otherwise you wouldn't have done it. So that person obviously does mean a lot to you, but you, you knew in your heart that this other person could be your forever love. And I think that the bravery it takes to do that is something that um, not only um, my family realized what I was doing, but also Lauren realized what I was doing is that I was going to face a lot of judgment and it's because of love. Like I just wanted something that I knew would last a lifetime. And when I realized that, that Lauren was that person, um, it almost didn't matter what, you know, general public thought, what the the viewers at home thought, like I knew what was right. And that was an overwhelming feeling that I just couldn't um, cast aside. And so I think that with Jason and myself, knowing that that's the person for me and the person for him, like the risk is worth it. So I think this ending was different because Chris is the one that sort of orchestrated or tried to orchestrate this, um, 
rekindling of Maddie and Peter's relationship. I think if it would have came from Peter, if Peter would have been like, no, this is what I got to do and ran after Kat, uh, Maddie. I think the situation would be different. Um, obviously they're broken up. It didn't work. And it should have probably been left alone. Um, but I think in Jason's case and in my case, you know, the, the risk was worth it. And it was because there was just an overwhelming feeling of knowing what's right. I, 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 I'm sorry to like just continue to sit on things, but I think it's important because it's intriguing to me is when you, what does it feel like to know what's right? Like, can you walk us through at least your experience when you're with somebody you're tossing and turning. Mm-hmm. There's obviously anxiety that's involved. As and, and I say this even with the perspective of Peter has got to have been feeling this. And then you finally put your foot in the ground and you say, I've got to make this decision. Like, I have to do this. What What is that process and experience like, especially knowing very well that there's going to be millions upon millions upon millions of people that are watching this, knowing this, and invested into this? Yeah. Well, I think for me, you know, I, you know, going back on that time on the show, you know, the night before the proposal, I was pretty torn because, um, you know, everyone was saying like, you know, this person's good for you, you know, what you have, you know, she's, she's an incredible woman and she's in, you know, the relationship I had with Becca was very easygoing. She's, she's so easy to talk to. She's very comfortable in front of the cameras. And it progressed slowly, but it was like, you know, it's something that was very solid. Um, The relationship with Lauren, you know, there was an undeniable pull towards each other. We had a little trouble communicating. You know, there was times where I didn't know if she really liked me. So it was kind of a risk, you know, and and towards the end, she finally sort of told me how she felt. And it was this relationship I had established the entire time was sort of always the one that was in the back of my head with Becca because it was solid. And now we had this, I had this feeling of just like wanting to know more about Lauren, but I also, I also felt like it was a little bit risky because I didn't really know where she stood. Um, and she had a really a, a tough time on camera. So the only time that I could really get a glimpse of her was kind of like in between shots or sometimes we'd be in a car together, heading to a different location. And all of a sudden I would see this like different person. So when overnights happened, there was a shift all of a sudden, and I realized, you know, that I really cared for Lauren and that I was in love with her. And I, I knew I was in love with her, but I, that I, I knew a different side of her at that point. So it got down to the final moments and, you know, I was having to make my decision. And I just remember a lot of production was saying, like, reminding me of the things that I talked about in past, you know, with Becca and reminding me of the concerns I had with Lauren. And it just kind of got in my head. And I just thought, this is the right decision for me based on, um, you know, what what's good on paper. Weird thing to think about. When you're the bachelor, you, you have to mm-hmm. make some types of decisions. Like, is this a logical decision or is this an emotional decision? And, you know, at the end of the day, I'm not young. You know, I, I, want, I wanted to be married. I, I, I want to move forward with my life with somebody. And I felt like this was like a very solid decision. And then when I made the decision, just the thoughts of Lauren kept creeping in and, um, you know, I had trouble sleeping at night and, you know, her birthday was right after proposal day, a couple of days later. And I heard she was sick on the way home from a producer. And I've thought about, you know, how she was feeling and, 
And it just like never went away. And it just, it built more and more. And I was very open with Becca during that time. And, you know, I would tell her, Hey, look, I'm thinking about Lauren and I know I'm so sorry that I'm thinking about her, but you know, it's such a, a weird way to end a relationship and start a new one. And she always said to me, you know, once you're fully in and once you're fully two feet into this relationship, let me know. And that was sort of um, something that we always talked about and obviously it never got there. And then we broke up, but she was very um, supportive of me and we were very open and we talked a lot about it. And, you know, I feel terribly about the fact that I had to talk about this with her because, you know, she was my fiance at the time. And it's just so hard to think back on that time because, you know, a lot of, a lot of emotions were happening. And um, so, you know, fast forward to, you know, it was right before New Year's and, you know, New Year's, you always think about the one person you want to kiss on New Year's Eve. Mm. And I just had this overwhelming feeling that I had to be with Lauren. And that's sort of when the ball started rolling. So it was about a month of um, being engaged to, to Becca and, and then realizing that I needed to be with Lauren. So, and then once that ball, ball started rolling, production jumped on it and they really sort of drove home the fact that, you know, we want to showcase this as a, a more of a love story. I mean, people always sort of argue with me on this, but, um, you know, I'm no dummy. You know, I know that if uh, things get put on camera, then there's maybe a way that she could have became the Bachelorette. And I feel like production was hinting at that. Not that they tell me who they're going to pick or who they're not going to pick. But they said, you know, she would have that possible opportunity if we film things because it would give her time to heal and time to move on from it. And we could all explain it on AFR. And, you know, hopefully we both get a happy ending out of all this. And that's sort of how the thing went because of Jason's season. It was such a shock for everybody. The live show, there was no one in the audience. It was just Chris, Jason, and you know, the two of them, and it was sort of awkward and it was difficult. And, you know, Melissa Rycroft felt completely blindsided. And I wanted to, I wanted to basically give everyone the opportunity to go along with me on this because I felt like that's what the whole show was anyway. And I felt it would give people more context. And obviously I was being pushed to do that at the same point by production, you know, who at the time are your best friends and they're the people that you lean on for advice. And so just looking back on all that, it was a wild time, but I feel like, you know, there was this overwhelming feeling that I had to do what was right for me. And I just knew that Lauren was the person that I'd spend the rest of my life with. And that's what I needed to pursue. It is a crazy story. And, and Ari, I'll say this. I don't know if anybody's ever told you this. It is now, and it always has been, I guess, a beautiful love story bringing you now uh, to your daughter, Alessi, uh, who was born um, on May of 2019, and your terrific uh, wife, uh, who has came from this experience. Ari and Lauren will celebrate you as well as Alessi on this podcast. Thanks for coming on and sharing your insights today. I think uh, and I know what it will do is allow our listeners to get a perspective and uh, hopefully relate with Peter a little bit. Also know that, hey, he was under some tough, tough circumstances. And all we hope for for now is what we've said really since your season, um, because we changed our perspective on this podcast, is we just hope for a happy ending for everybody somehow, some way. Uh, Ari, Lyndike, thank you for coming on the Almost Famous podcast uh, and talking to us about what it's like to do the switcheroo. If it works or sometimes doesn't. <laughs> oh, <gosh. laughs> Thanks, buddy. Appreciate it.
Hey, thanks. All right. All right. Take it easy. We're going to take a break and come back and talk with Jason Mesnick, the original switcheroo-er. Er. Er. As every parent knows, kids seem to be everywhere all at once. It's tough for even the most watchful mom and dads to protect their little ones from every single thing. Duracell understands that. That's why they're deeply committed to lithium coin battery safety. Lithium coin batteries power many important things around people's homes, including things that young children may have access to. So Duracell not only educates parents, caregivers, and medical professionals about the importance of lithium coin battery safety, but they also make the only lithium coin batteries with a non-toxic bitter coating to help discourage children from swallowing them. Even Duracell's packaging is child secure and designed to avoid accidental opening because they believe that their product should provide more than just power. They should also provide peace of mind. Learn more at Duracell.com slash power safely available on 2032, 2025 and 2016 sizes. Diaper duty. It's the adventure no one warns you about when you're expecting, right? Well, fear not. Pamper Swaddlers features a blowout barrier at the back waist that helps prevent up to 100% of leaks, even blowouts. Not only are Pamper Swaddlers total game changers, they have the hottest baby gift trend for 2024, the Pampers Diaper Stash, an online diaper fund where friends and family can contribute a group gift so that your diaper stockpile never runs out. I love this idea. Here's how it works. You create a diaper stash account, share it with your tribe, watch the stash grow, gift it to the parents, and voila. They use the stash funds to snag Pampers diapers and wipes anywhere, anytime. It's not just a gift. It's a stash of joy. (laughs) Ensuring that those parents-to-be are stocked up without the guesswork. So whether you're a parent in the trenches or the ultimate gift guru, Make 2024 the year of leak-free happiness. Pamper Swaddlers and the Diaper Stash. Because parenting should be an extraordinary journey, not a messy one. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. 
your whole life, you've been told that the enemy of eating well is giving into your cravings and indulging, but actually your cravings are leading you right where you need to be to Collie Power. <laughs> Collie Power is the brand that powers the foods that you crave with the ingredients you deserve so you can crave on. So if you're craving pizza, go ahead. Enjoy one of Collie Power's thin and crispy stone-fired cauliflower crust pizzas. Craving chicken tenders? Collie Power's chicken tenders are made with real all-natural white meat chicken and a crispy coating packed with cauliflower so you can get protein and veggies all in one bite. And that's not all. If you want to indulge in a big warm bowl of pasta, dig in with Collie Power's cauliflower-based pasta meals. Dinner has never been easier or more delicious. With Collie Power, all the foods you crave are made with the power of veggies. Gluten-free always, ready in minutes, and most importantly, they taste like the foods you crave. Collie Power's products are available in freezers nationwide. Visit eatcaulipower.com to find them in a store near you. Collie Power. Crave on. This is a boys' podcast. There are no uh, women guests today. Because we're talking about from a bachelor perspective what it's like to fall for, for multiple people. Uh, and two people that are on the podcast actually went back and did a switcheroo. That was Ari Leindyke, who most recently did it uh, with his now wife uh, and mother of his child, Lauren. And we also have Jason Mesnick, one of my favorite people in the world, now on the line talking about his experience as The Bachelor and what it's like to do the switcheroo jason welcome back to the almost famous podcast what's up buddy famous favorite people in the world i love you buddy i I think you know that (laughs) yeah thanks buddy i uh i just recently saw uh jason in seattle uh at the uh bachelor live on stage show and at the time i was hosting it and jason and his wife were out there with me on stage helping pass out a group date card uh, we were kind of laughing at the time of what life would look like if the coronavirus spread because we had just gotten word, I think, that week that the very first case was in Seattle. And now look at us, Jason. I'm at home in Indiana with my parents. And, well, I guess you're probably still in Seattle. But, wow, how life changes. Man, it is crazy. And, you know, because being here, I live in Kirkland where that um, those first cases came out at a, at a senior home in my hometown. So uh, we were kind of feeling these uh, the virus really early on, just in just here in Kirkland. I mean, I think that's interesting. How how has it affected your life? If you if you've been around it since the beginning, uh, you're one of the first cases. We're really close to your home. I mean, it's in your hometown. Has it affected your day to day life at all? Uh, well, one, you know, there's no school. So the biggest thing is, you know, they initially canceled school for two weeks. And then as of a week ago, they canceled it for the next month and a half. So a lot of it is, you know, parenting and trying to figure out, you know, how do we balance, you know, our work, if we can go into work with, you know, kind of a summer schedule for the kids. So that's probably the biggest challenge, I think, for every parent. Has it spread? I mean, just to be clear again, you the first case of coronavirus was detected in the city that you live in. Has it spread quickly throughout the city or has it felt like it's been a pretty isolated incident? No, I mean, I think the numbers show that I think that there's, um, 
you know, hundreds of cases now. Um, and, you know, again, the people that we're seeing, uh, you know, that are severely affected are people that are, you know, uh, compromised immune systems. Um, but there are, you know, I was, you know, I'm in real estate. So weirdly enough, uh, the real estate market hasn't slowed down at all. You know, people mm. are buying houses like crazy because they still need places to live and interest rates are really low. But in any sense, like if you're like what I see in my day to day, if you're trying to sell a house, you may not want people in your house at all. You know, just the fear of spreading the virus. That's a good um, point. So you are seeing you are seeing. I mean, nothing is really open right now. As of as of today, the only things that are open are really pharmacies and supermarkets. Jeez, man, that's it is and, wild. I mean, I don't know how to digest it. Like, it's nothing we've ever seen. Like, I remember where I was and what was happening at 9-11. But this, you know, it didn't physically, you know, impact my day-to-day life outside of watching the news. This is everywhere. You know, you can't go to a restaurant. You can't go to a bar. Every gym's closed down as of this morning. Um, and then all of our kids are at home like it's summer. And, you know, the kids don't care. The kids feel like it's summertime. The uh, Yeah, I can't imagine what's life right now to be a parent. And your kids don't probably, I mean, especially younger kids don't understand what's going on. They don't understand how, uh, in in a sense, critical this time is. And so, yeah, they're out there just laughing, enjoying themselves, wanting to go to the park, wanting to go to movies, et cetera. And you have to tell them, sorry, like you can go to the park. Maybe you can walk like through the trails in the woods. You can kind of like get out and run around the street. But for the most part, kids, you've got to be stuck inside. It's got to be a crazy time to be a parent. Yeah. I mean, just weird. You know, I think we're, we're still trying to like, you know, it's okay to go outside, but you know, you're not tackling your friends like you would if you see somebody, you know, you know, the people around here, at least the experts are saying, you know, it's okay to go out and do things. It's okay to go on a walk. It's okay to go on a hike. You know, it's okay to do those things, but just don't, you know, wrestle with people. Like if you're going to wrestle with your friends, don't do that kind of thing. If you're a kid. Yeah, well, I don't know the last time you were wrestling with your friends, Jason, but it's been a while that I've wrestled <laughs> with mine, so I think we're good there. Um, Jason, speaking of wrestling, uh, switching gears from the coronavirus, because today's podcast is a boys-focused podcast uh, with bachelors who have fallen for multiple people one time or done the switcheroo, and uh, we're obviously referencing Peter's season of The Bachelor, uh, which just happened. I, first off, i got to ask you, because I know sometimes you don't get to watch did you watch Peter's season of The Bachelor? Uh, I didn't watch the whole thing, but Molly looped me in for the last couple episodes. You know, it seems like we always kind of get wind of what's going on somehow or some way. But, you know, Molly wasn't able to figure that out. So she had me on kind of pins and needles, at least the last couple episodes. It's interesting how that happens. Cause it, before we get do we dive in here. I remember that you and Molly were really some of the original two podcasters that broke down the Bachelor franchise. And now sometimes you watch, sometimes you don't. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. For me, it's just, you know, I always felt like when you know so much about the whole process of how how the show's made, um, the experience people go through, you know, the kind of back end of it has has kind of dampened my excitement in watching. Uh, but at the same time, I get it. You know, it's, it's for most people, it's just a break from reality. And it'd probably be a great thing if the show was on right now, because it would give people a break from the panic that's going on in the rest of the real world. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what it is. And we hope today's podcast is that as well. We hope that the Almost Famous podcast takes uh, some time out of everybody's day and just allows you to think about process, 
and relate with and also reminisce on some of these uh, former Bachelor stories. And so, Jason, we've got to dig into yours. As you watch during Peter's season, uh, and we just talked about with Ari Leyendyke, uh, Peter gets down to the final two. Uh, Madison leaves uh, the show because her and uh, Peter are not compatible. Leaving Peter with one left, Hannah Ann, and he proposes to Anna, Hannah Ann, and he actually, during the proposal, mentions Madison's name, saying she had left, uh, which some people would argue that it kind of took the luster and the excitement out of the proposal. But I want to start here, Jason. We talked to Ari about it, and, and I think it's an interesting perspective. Leading up to that final moment, when you have a few people left, two people left, you're laying in bed the night before, you have an idea of what you're going to do, but yet you, you haven't done it yet. Walk us through what your situation was like, what it was like to be in that bed the night before a proposal that you knew was going to be on national television. Uh, God, that's a good point. I think, I, I think I have a little bit different perspective just because, you know, I had a, a three-year-old at home at the time and I would say almost all of my thoughts were, okay, am I doing the right thing for my son? And obviously it, you know, I, I went a, a long roundabout way to get to what was right for me. But I could say all I was thinking about is, okay, I've got to take myself out of the perspective a little bit and kind of figure out, am I doing what's right for my, my son? Um, but I mean, you know, as well as I do that night before is it's like, I don't think I slept a wink, you know? Mm-hmm. And then, you know, one, you know, my, mine was probably a little bit different because I, I wasn't at that point in love with two people. I knew I was going to pick Melissa and I didn't even have a, a really at that point, a doubt that I was going to pick her. Um, I wish, you know, you know, when you're laying in bed, you know, if I could go back and say like, I'm not going to propose, of course I wouldn't like, there's no reason. You know, that's the, that's obviously one of the biggest mistakes that I made impacting her and a lot of other people's lives. But that night before, gosh, I mean, granted it's a decade ago now, but I can remember not, not being able to sleep a wink. And I can remember, um, production staff and audio people and, you know, who didn't, you know, whoever works on the show coming and checking on me, you know, I felt like every 30 minutes. So maybe they just kept me awake. I don't know. <laughs> so then you, you get up the next day, you know, that Melissa, uh, is the one that you're going to propose to. You're confident that this is the right decision. Uh, and we see this kind of with Peter, we see it with Peter and with Ari is where we watch it and we, we celebrate for them there's a love story that's that we think is being portrayed on television but then it's not the ending and uh and all three of you have sat there and gone "Uh oh i'm in love with somebody else what is that process like how do you get to the point of admitting that you're in love with somebody outside of the person that you're engaged to oh man you know i think that the challenge with the experience itself and I, I wish, you know, the show is The Bachelor and it's about getting engaged. But I think most people, when you're going through it, would say, don't you wish you could just end it in like, let's date seriously? Mm-hmm. Because that's really after two months. I mean, I mean, after two months of filming or three months of filming, you may spend 40 hours with that one person. So the truth is, me as a single dad should not have known, should not have done that. And anybody who's going through this, yes, some of the relationships work out, but most don't just because you don't get to spend the quality of t- quality of time with that person to get to know if your lives will work together, if you guys are compatible and from every single part of it, A to Z. Um, but I, you know, I, I think I knew 
Um, I again, I knew that I was going to pick Melissa from you know you know a while before that final episode. I just you know that that feeling that you know maybe maybe Ari had or Peter had you know it's probably a little bit different for me. How so? Um, I just didn't have a doubt that like I knew that I was going to propose. I wanted to be with Melissa. I just didn't really want. You know, my gut said proposing was the wrong thing, and there was a lot of things that went into, you know, finally getting to the proposal. But for me, it wasn't, you know, I, you know, Molly knows this more than anything. I wasn't going to pick Molly at that point. After two months of that experience for me, I was, was going to pick Melissa. It was, it was the two months. And this is where like, you almost feel like, you know, how they, I think in big brother, um, uh, they have like the off camera stuff. Like if you, you can log on at night and say, and see like, what you don't see on TV. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that, you know, you know, as well as I do, like the two months that you have between kind of the end of filming and then, you know, I got, you know, I can't remember the exact timeline from the end of filming to when it starts airing to when, you know, you kind of go out in public, a lot happens. And that's actually a longer period of time than the actual filming itself. So I think, you know, uh, Melissa and I got to know each other a lot and she's going to have a different point of view on this, but you know, fast forward a decade now, um, she's married, has wonderful family, wonderful kids, and so am I. And, you know, I think without the show, you know, we may not be, we may have not grown our families the way we're supposed to. And yeah, it takes some, you know, me doing some really dumb things to get us there. Well, and, and we talked about it. It's, a, it's an interesting question for me because with you and Ari, especially, the switcheroo, as we call it today, worked. Um, it didn't quite work for Peter, but there is some variables that we'll talk about here in a second on why it probably didn't for him. But why do you think the switcheroo worked? I mean, how do you confront this other person and say, I'm sorry, I made a mistake in a sense, and I like you, I would like you back. And then you make that relationship flourish to the point where now you're married years later with kids. Um, well, one, it takes a lot of work. You know, secondly, I'll say a lot of this has to do with Molly because Molly isn't the, oh my God, I can't believe you, you know, did this to me. Like, it's the worst experience. You pick somebody else. She's able to live in the moment and say like, listen, I saw the first two months of relationship in the TV experience for what it was. And the rest of it is just us like trying to figure out our own relationship. So I, I give Molly the credit because if she was a, if she was looking at it probably much more emotionally then it may not have worked out. But, you know, there is that period of time, especially when, um, you know, you kind of come from the end of the show. And, uh, you know, for us, it was like, you know, we had to, you know, people were angry at me. People were not understanding of why she was taking me back. But that really, it was her and I against the world at that moment. You know, it was, hey, you know, we, we got to block out, you know, the negative, negative uh, media. We've got to block out any negativity from anybody that we know and really focus on, does this work for us? And I think what was a lot more comfortable also was like, there wasn't the engagement ring. There wasn't any of that. It was like, hey, can we make this relationship work? In, mm-hmm. in a really normal, uh, outside of like what the media would pick up, just in a more normal way, where I could fly, she was living in the Midwest and in, um, in Milwaukee. So I could fly out to Milwaukee, you know, every other week and she could fly out to Seattle every other week and we could see each other a lot and just like let the relationship go at a much more normal pace versus, you know, the, the speed pace you get on uh, when you're filming. The, you, you, 
you just talked about it and you said, you know, it feels like it's you versus the world and your partner and you versus the world. And, t- and typically that's who you want in a partner, right? Somebody you can look at and look across the table at or look beside you and say, hey, we've got this. We can do this no matter what life brings us. You're my partner. There is one factor that seems to uh, be uh, be a force that was unable to be overcome when it comes to Peter's story, and that was Barb. Uh, Barb, the mom, was very much against Madison as he was trying to build this relationship with her. Did your family have any sort of say or strong opinions? Did your friends or family have any type of uh, negativity towards this, or did they just kind of step away? stepped away. I mean, I, I mean, I, the one thing I heard with Barb was, you know, she's kind of saying he's going to make a mistake or he, he's got to learn for himself. And I, you know, the only thing is, you know, I, and I try to look, put, you know, through Peter's experience, I'm actually less relating to him in, you know, the switcheroo part is of it, but I'm also more relating to it as a parent because, you know, my son's 15 now, like he was three mm-hmm. when we filmed. Um, so I'm looking at it and I would say like, I would do anything like, I would drop anything in my world, and I'm sure Barb would say that for her kids. But those were the moments where, like, he needed her the most. He didn't need, you know, my, in my opinion, he didn't need a lesson in front of millions of people. He needed his mom to give him a hug. He mm-hmm. needed his mom mm-hmm. to 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 be the crutch. And I think that's where I, you know, you know, it wasn't, you know, I, you know, it wasn't life or death. We're dealing with people in with the virus right now where it is death. We're dealing with, you know, my dad's got cancer. We're dealing with people in, in, in a lot of different ways right now. And this was like, okay, my son made a mistake. He shouldn't have done that. I get it. And he really hurt somebody. But I'll tell you, everybody, um, Hannah Ann and everybody involved with this will be just fine. Time does heal all wounds. And I just, again, putting my parent hat on, I just wish and I hope to this day that he's got his family there just to support him. Because that's a big way I got through mine. My mom's one of my best friends. And any time that I ever need her from, for a parenting advice, for relationship advice, from school stuff growing up, growing up I could always call my parents. Mm-hmm. No, you're right. And I, I mean, just hope that, I, I, just, I just hope that that's the case. But it felt like if I was him sitting out, like I saw it in his eyes, it was like, Mom, come on. Like, don't you got my back? Mm-hmm. You know, that's what I felt like. And that's where I felt more for him because as as a relate, like if you take the bachelor out of it, like we all go, like we've all messed up in relationships. Like it's, it's, it's villainized and glorified and everything in between on, on camera. But that's probably how we are in our real relationships. Cause we all make mistakes. Good and bad. I was watching him, Jason. I was watching Peter. That is. And, uh, I cannot imagine what it would be like to be sitting on a live audience knowing what just happened, knowing that you're close to the end and that you made it through a really difficult breakup on national TV, meaning Peter's with Hannah Ann. And now you have your mom kind of digging this hole for, for you and continue to do it. it. It would really hurt. I know it would. And it do, it would, like I said, I watched Peter and it felt like he just wanted to scream out, mom, like, I can't say what I want to say to you right now because it's going to come off wrong. But do you not support me? Like, do you not have my back? Do you not want what's just best for me? And if my, I know how hard it is for a parent uh, to go through this experience because you meet your your child's fiance for like a few hours one day, you know, and then you're done uh, and you're gone. I know that that's hard, but 
is kind of what you all sign up for. And sometimes that works. And we have to always remember that it, this just felt heavy watching it back because it was a mom saying and doing things that was not helping the, their child. Oh, God, it killed me. I mean, and I know, like, I mean, I, my son's a teenager. I went from like being his best friend to being like, you know, a guy that drives him around to basketball practice now, but I was, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, a chauffeur. So, I mean, but I would still do like, you know, this is going to sound weird, but like even people who end up on like death row, I bet you their parents find some way to remember something positive about them. Right. Mm-hmm. Because it's their kid, like with, with your kids and every parent knows this, like you have unconditional love with relationships. Like whether you say me or Melissa or my, my ex-wife or you and you know, any relationship you've had, there are conditions, right? You can mess up, you can cheat, you could, you know, um, do some terrible things physically to somebody, but with your kids, it's unconditional. And it's almost what I felt the opposite of. And I know that there's more to every story and she was probably just trying to protect her son from making a mistake. But I think everybody knows whether it's in your personal life or like our business, like we all make mistakes and, and almost, I mean, everything that we do, we make mistakes, but you got to learn from them and grow from them. Mm. It's a part that intrigues me maybe with this whole story the most is how all of you got to the place where you sat down and you said, Hey, uh, I, I've maybe made a mistake. I've proposed or I'm with somebody that I shouldn't be. And, uh, I need to go back. And the other option, uh, was the best option for me and my future and who I want to be with. It has to take a lot to step out there and do that. And now we see with Peter that he's done that and it hasn't worked out well for him. He sits there pretty isolated right now and alone, unlike you and Ari, who walked out of this with a relationship and a partner to look across the table at and say, hey, we've got this. Peter's now alone and he's going to be fine also. Peter's a great dude. Uh, and, you know, he's already out there hanging out with people and, and probably uh, moving forward from this. But, Jason, from your wise perspective, what should Peter's next steps be as a person? Uh, as and professionally in relationships, what does Peter do from here? Well, I mean, I think he's already, you know, the first thing I, you know, I, good morning America called and asked kind of a similar question. And I was like, he's already owned up for making a mistake. He's owned up on TV. He's apologized. You know, I, I think the hardest thing is, you know, you, you know, this, like you took the engagement away, that first engagement experience away from Hanahan, which sucks. Like, there's mm-hmm. no doubt about it. But she will get that. She will move on. She will fall in love. I'm sure she'll have a great family. She's going to get a lot of fame from the Bachelor world. She's going to get everything and more and probably end up being in, in, in a happier place. But for him, he's got he's to learn from his experience, which I think he did. And just, you know, again, this is my opinion, is like try to stay away from you know, the negativity that you see in the social world, like it's very easy to get caught up in that. Like I see it, like I don't pay a ton of uh, attention to like the negativity in the social world, but my, Molly sees it all the time. And she said, she'll say, Hey, like, for example, you know, good morning America wanted me to do this interview. And she's like, why would you do that? And I said, you know, I, I want to be able to tell people my perspective. And we talked a lot about Peter owning up to what he went through. And also similar to what we're talking about, like, why didn't his mom support him? And why wasn't she able to support him? But I think he's doing all those things. But if he's able to support and surround himself by, like, the true people in his life, 
he'll be just fine. I mean, he comes across as super genuine. I've never met him, but, you know, he comes across as super genuine, a really good guy. And maybe those type, type of people, you know, maybe it's, you know, maybe it's you, maybe it's me, maybe it's Ari, maybe it's Peter that we're not cut out to be the bachelor because we are a little bit more emotional than the, the next person. And that's yeah. okay too. You know, I know it makes, I know it makes good for good TV. <laughs> it does make good TV and it, and it helps people relate with our stories. I mean, the, the Mesnick is still a move that it feels like it's shown all the time, wherever I'm at, where it's just you bawling on the side of a stair on a side of a, uh, a patio or whatever. And it, and it still hurts this day because I know you're feeling it and I know what it's like to feel it. Uh, Jason, you are, uh, you go down in history as one of Bachelor Nation's, uh, honestly most talked about. And, and I, I mean, I know sometimes it probably didn't feel like it, but favorite bachelors because of how much we related with your story and how real and raw you are. And it's led you to today where you're happily married, um, with two kids. So Jason, thanks for uh, giving us your time. Thank you for sharing your insights, um, into what Peter has gone through, how you can recover from this and what it's like to do the old switcheroo. Also, almost famous listeners, if you live in the Seattle area and you're looking for a home, our guy, Jason Mesnick here on the line is a realtor waiting to help you fulfill your dreams with your dream home. Jason, where can they contact you and find you at? Oh, God. I mean, my contact info is everywhere. It's uh, You can go to jasonmesnick.com uh, as all my contact information and realistically, myself, 206. Six six zero five zero five five. Call me only if you really want to buy a house. <laughs> I am getting uh, some weird, some weird like because because my season's on Netflix now. I'm getting oh, like no. all these like like as if it's happening today. Like even somebody texted me this morning. They're like, "How did you do that to Melissa?" I'm like, "What do you mean? A decade ago?" <laughs> but, oh man, I love that. That's good stuff. That's a good joke to play on anybody, especially with whoever's pulling the strings over there at Netflix and ABC saying, Hey, let's just like bring back Jason's story 10 years ago to make sure he has to relive it. We rehear about it yeah. and talk about it today. Good for you. Yeah. Well, don't worry. You're going to be on there one of these days. I'm sure for a whole rehash. <laughs> um, hey, Jason, you're appreciated, man. Thanks a lot. And thanks again for coming on. All right. Anytime, bud. As every parent knows, Kids seem to be everywhere all at once. It's tough for even the most watchful mom and dads to protect their little ones from every single thing. Duracell understands that. That's why they're deeply committed to lithium coin battery safety. Lithium coin batteries power many important things around people's homes, including things that young children may have access to. So Duracell not only educates parents, caregivers, and medical professionals about the importance of lithium coin battery safety, but they also make the only lithium coin batteries with a non-toxic bitter coating to help discourage children from swallowing them. Even Duracell's packaging is child secure and designed to avoid accidental opening because they believe that their product should provide more than just power. They should also provide peace of mind. Learn more at Duracell.com slash power safely available on 2032, 2025 and 2016 sizes. Diaper duty. It's the adventure no one warns you about when you're expecting, right? Well, fear not. Pamper Swaddlers features a blowout barrier at the back waist that helps prevent up to 100% of leaks, even blowouts. Not only are Pamper Swaddlers 
total game changers. They have the hottest baby gift trend for 2024, the Pampers Diaper Stash, an online diaper fund where friends and family can contribute a group gift so that your diaper stockpile never runs out. I love this idea. Here's how it works. You create a diaper stash account, share it with your tribe, watch the stash grow, gift it to the parents, and voila. They use the stash funds to snag Pampers diapers and wipes anywhere, anytime. It's not just a gift. It's a stash of joy. (laughs) Ensuring that those parents-to-be are stocked up without the guesswork. So whether you're a parent in the trenches or the ultimate gift guru, make 2024 the year of leak-free happiness. Pamper swaddlers and the diaper stash. Because parenting should be an extraordinary journey, not a messy one. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Your whole life, you've been told that the enemy of eating well is giving into your cravings and indulging, but actually your cravings are leading you right where you need to be. To Collie Power. <laughs> Collie Power is the brand that powers the foods that you crave with the ingredients you deserve so you can crave on. So if you're craving pizza, go ahead. Enjoy one of Collie Power's thin and crispy stone-fired cauliflower crust pizzas. Craving chicken tenders? Collie Power's chicken tenders are made with real all-natural white meat chicken and a crispy coating packed with cauliflower so you can get protein and veggies all in one bite. And that's not all. If you want to indulge in a big warm bowl of pasta, dig in with Collie Power's cauliflower-based pasta meals. Dinner has never been easier or more delicious. With Collie Power, All the foods you crave are made with the power of veggies, gluten-free always, ready in minutes, and most importantly, they taste like the foods you crave. Collie Power's products are available in freezers nationwide. Visit eatcaulipower.com to find them in a store near you. Collie Power. Crave on. What a podcast today to end out the podcast. We're going to go through some hot topics, some headlines that are happening in Bachelor Nation 
right now. I don't have my amazing co-host, Ashley Kennedy, here to help me break them down. But I'm just going to read through them, and uh, I want to hear from you all on your thoughts. Uh, as we've mentioned many times during this podcast, it is official. Peter Weber and Madison Pruitt have ended their relationship. Uh, it was a two-day relationship, but it was officially announced uh, after the dramatic finale that showed Barb voicing her opinion on why they should not be together. That's what brought us uh, here today. Uh, to to talk about all these things with all of these bachelors. Uh, in addition, bachelor producer Julie LaPlaca speaks out about the rumors that she got romantic with Peter Weber. As we remember, oh, about halfway through the season this year, the rumors came out that Peter ended up actually with one of his producers. Now, we now know that that rumor is not true, and Julie has came out to speak out about it. According to Cosmo, sounds like Julie and Peter are just friends. Uh, they are close. She was his day-to-day producer, which I can attest. Uh, mine was uh, a lady named Lindsay, and you do become very close. She knows uh, everything about your romantic relationships, your personal relationships. She has met your family and your friends. I get how you can become close. And so I believe it when I hear that Julie and Peter are just friends and their relationship blossomed from their time together on the show. Now, our Bachelor expert, huge fan of the show, massive fan of the podcast, uh, Easton, is here to tell us about uh, the headline that says, The Bachelor Kelly Flanagan reveals what Peter Weber's mom, Barb, told her at the finale. Easton, take it away. Thanks, Ben. It's been it, it's really an honor to be on this podcast. Um, so, I mean, we know that that Peter's mom, uh, you know, she she does not hide her opinions of some of the girls uh, going for, vying for her son's attention, but... Uh, we just found out that uh, Kelly uh, Flanagan revealed that uh, his mom, Barb, is a huge fan. She's a huge Kelly stan. Uh, and uh, she said she did not leave the finale until she met Kelly in person. Uh, they just had small talk, but uh, but Peter's mom did tell her, you're beautiful. I love you. I've been your fan since day one. And they're supposed to go shopping, I guess. <laughs> oh, man. Eason, does it feel weird that a mom of Peter or Peter's mom would say that to an ex that Peter obviously uh, has broken up with and probably trying to move on from considering the circumstances. Yes, absolutely. And and especially since we've seen from Peter that he he values the approval of his mother so much. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I just can't imagine what he's thinking uh, and, you know, what, what's going through his mind as she makes uh, this public display of her, her affection for Kelly. Uh but um, but yeah, there there she's she's a big uh, she's a big Kelly fan. Uh, well, Easton, thanks for that update. We appreciate your insight always. Uh, now we're gonna go to the headline where our new bachelorette, who has paused filming, Claire Crawley, uh, has clapped back. I guess according to Yahoo Entertainment, uh, at her ex Juan Pablo uh, Galvez. Uh, she says this according to Juan Pablo. He's popped up on Twitter again for the first time in a while, and he says. I just saw the guys for Claire Crawley Bachelorette season, and it's going to be interesting seeing her get hit on by kids in their 20s. I think this might be the third season I'm going to watch. Claire Crawley says back, and yet here you are, older than 99% of them, and still can't practice compassion and kindness. It's actually interesting uh, that Juan, Pablo, and Claire are still feuding over social media years later also interesting that juan pablo is back in the spotlight i think according to most polls juan pablo goes down as the the least liked bachelor of all time uh and we haven't heard a lot from him recently 
And uh, now he's back, uh, and not in, in a good way, uh, but he did respond to Claire saying, hey, all I want is for you to find love. You are taking it the wrong way, Claire. I think he's saying that because I think the heat and the pressure on him was pretty intense following his criticism of Claire's men. Well, to end out this podcast, we talked about it uh, with Ashley earlier this week, but Hannah Brown and Tyler Cameron uh, have fueled dating rumors as uh, they are together in Florida as we speak. And also, we just saw that Madison Pruitt and Selena Gomez uh, have been hanging out together and doing a little date night. Good for them. Hey, friends should be friends. uh, And uh, and if they want to hang out, they should be hanging out. Well, Almost Famous listeners, it's been a pleasure talking to you today. It's been a pleasure talking to Ari and Jason uh, and Easton. We've had a blast. Uh, We will be back together uh, next week with a few more podcasts. Uh, This week, as you continue to kind of be hunkered in and hibernating, know that we are out here uh, virtually trying to put out some entertainment for you uh, so that we can continue to stay um, communicative with you. Uh, We can continue to entertain you, uh, give you the the new news that it comes to Bachelor Nation, and just keep hanging out with you. Because honestly, during these times of isolation, we're going to miss people and miss connection. But I also hope during these times of isolation, you spend some time – Learning, refocusing, meditating, uh, resting, relaxing, and and getting ready to uh, step back out into this world and join together in connection. Hey, we appreciate you. We love you with that. I've been Ben. I've always wanted to do this. And I've been Easton. Oh, that makes me happy. We'll talk to you later all. Follow the Ben and Ashley I Almost Famous Podcast on iHeartRadio or subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Child-proofing people's homes is hard but Duracell is making it just a bit simpler. Not only are they committed to educating parents, caregivers, and medical professionals about the importance of battery safety, they also make the only lithium coin batteries with a non-toxic bitter coating to help discourage children from swallowing them. Duracell even features child-secure packaging designed to avoid accidental opening. Learn more at Duracell.com slash power safely available on 2032, 2025 and 2016 sizes. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all new 2025 Infinity QX80 live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste, the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Simplify your life with AT&T in-car Wi-Fi. Stay connected anywhere and transform your vehicle into a dependable Wi-Fi hotspot. Navigate easily by powering apps like real-time GPS and voice assistant. Keep everyone entertained with Wi-Fi for up to 10 devices. Even on the practice field, AT&T in-car Wi-Fi keeps you connected while in proximity of your vehicle. Work, stream shows, or finish homework without missing a beat. Discover the convenience and see if you're eligible for a free trial at att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi. Don't let connectivity roadblock your journey. Always pay careful attention to the road. Don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. 
You deserve to treat yourself. So turn your tax refund into a U fund and give yourself a straight talk wireless extended silver unlimited plan and get a new Samsung Galaxy A14 on them. You can get a great everyday value on wireless with Straight Talk's unlimited plans starting at $25 a line per month for four lines. You'll save so much, you'll be enjoying that refund all year long. It's the refund that keeps on refunding. Find Straight Talk at straighttalk.com or at your local Walmart store. Taxes and fees not included. Offer valid through 41424 while supplies last. Online only. Must purchase a Straight Talk Extended Silver Unlimited plan to qualify. Limit of five phones per customer. Family plan discount with four lines. All on the Silver Unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. And that makes us FACET for life now, I guess. <laughs> Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome.